Pals, Matt Wilson here, and you're listening to Funnel Radio. I've spent the last 12 months learning from the best marketers that I know, and now I'm diving headfirst into making my own million pound company using a sales funnel. The question is, how will I do it without funding or debt starting from scratch? This podcast is here to document and show you the answer. So join in and follow me on my path as I learn, apply and share my marketing know-how to grow my online business from nothing to something only using a funnel. My name is Matt Wollstonehome and welcome to The Funnel Radio. In year eight, I had been excluded from school for being a rebellious little troublemaker and it didn't stop me there because in year 10, I'd gotten myself arrested. Imagine that, getting arrested at just 14, right before I'm due to start my GCSEs. Yeah, pretty stupid. This experience was a sobering one for me, um, and it made me reevaluate who I am, my social boundaries, um, more importantly, who and what I don't want to be. Off the back of this experience, I ditched my friends at school. They were all encouraging that sort of behavior to just get into trouble. And I could see myself going down a bit of a path that I didn't really want to go down. So yeah, I began I began swimming at that point. And this was at the end of year eight, you know, going into year nine. So we'd broken up from the summer. Um, I said to my mom, right, I want to get back in the pool. And yeah, that's exactly what I did. So I knew that I was interested in swimming and it gave me that sense of achievement that I was not getting at school. So every time I trained, I would be knackered. I'd be absolutely battered. Um, but it wouldn't really matter because at the end of it, you've realized that you've swam between you know three to five kilometers in a 25-meter swim pool. And not everyone can do that. You know, People don't have the, the mental capacity or physical capabilities to be able to do that. So I thought, yeah, all right, so sense of achievement, well done. Um, so yeah, I mean, technically, I was pretty bad i was yeah i was pretty bad but i was determined to want more than just you know getting into trouble at school all the time so um yeah that's what i focused on and so by the time i got to 16 i heard you know bearing in mind this was from year year nine onwards i'd say mainly so year nine year 10 year 11 so i got to year 11 um i was 16 years of age and i'd competed at that point at several um, national uh, swimming championships and also I managed to go to Cleveland, Ohio to compete at the International Children's Games. Um, And in that same year, at a more local competition um, back home in Birmingham, I set the district record for the 800-meter freestyle. So yeah, pretty chuffed, pretty chuffed with that one. Um, And yeah, so things were going well until uh, the summer of when I was 16 after we had done nationals. So I think nationals fell at the start of July and then the summer holidays were kind of mid-July onwards. Um, I'd gone to France with my dad and my brother on a mountain bike holiday. Uh, we'd go up to Morzine and um, yeah, we stayed there for two weeks um, using the same bikes you know, that we had ridden to school, um, ridden to training. Me and my brother, we were mad about um, just uh, jump bikes, trials bikes, anything that could that you could have fun on and uh, exert yourself and potentially injure yourself on. <laughs> well, this summer I'd injured myself pretty badly. Um, 
yeah, I'd I'd built up so much confidence over the first week um, of of you know cycling around these trails and doing the jumps and the berms and these tabletop jumps um, that I attempted, you know, slightly because I wanted to challenge myself at this point. I wanted to push myself and see what I could do, you know, mentally, you know, see see how far I could push myself with it. Um, and I saw this jump, and it was a jump that had, that went over a shed, and I think it was on the Leger, um, like the Leger bike park at the time. It's not there anymore. I think it got closed down because too many people had done what I'd done. Um, this jump was enormous. The lip, between the lip and the landing, was must have been you know twenty feet apart but it seems quite small when you're really high up on a mountain so i thought i didn't think much of it but i knew it'd be a bit of a challenge i hooned it to the kicker which which is the first jump you know the first part of the jump um and i went like 20 25 feet in the air you know i nosedived i saw that i'd passed the jump which was good i was still nosediving i'd passed the landing and starting to get to like the flat section of where the landing ends um yeah it was a no-brainer so i ditched the bike i took my head into my shoulder i kicked the ground first and then just headbutted the ground so hard and landed on my shoulder um you know i I knew the (laughs) i knew this was gonna end bad so yeah i I kind of braced for landing um my head hit the ground first and then my shoulder took the main impact and swelled up like a melon um and I hadn't realized that I'd fractured my scapula at that point. So I just thought, oh, that was pretty, pretty bad landing. I hopped back on the bike. We cycled down the rest of the trail. Um, and like my shoulder was getting really sore, really, really sore. It must have been the must have been the endorphins and you know, it's the adrenaline's just kicking in. I'm not really feeling too much pain, but as soon as I kind of stopped at the bottom of, of the run, it was so painful luckily there's a like a doctor surgery nearby so they had an x-ray uh, machine in there um kind of like a minor injuries unit uh, you know that's what we have ho- over here in in england um so yeah the doctor uh, sent, sent me through for an x-ray um saw that it was like a clear clear break in my scapula which is your shoulder blade and from then i thought ah yeah game over for my swimming that year anyway um and yeah, it was, it was, it was game over for the, for the, for the rest of the year. You know, I had July and August to kind of have, usually we just have that, that summer off and then get back to it at the end of August, start of September, you know, slowly, you know, building our aerobic capacity back up, so on and so forth. Um, yeah, that didn't happen. <laughs> that definitely didn't happen for me. Um, a journey from recovering uh, from this took me to some, pretty horrific dark places as I've gone from being physically and mentally stimulated every day, like really good fitness, real good mental strength, you know, um, to just being just physically, not physically tortured, but meant is a real mental battle of going from doing loads of stuff and being capable of doing lots of things to kind of arm strapped up, um, on painkillers but still pretty painful not being able to ride my bike not being able to swim not being able to do a great deal other than walk from my bedroom to the fridge and maybe into the garden on a good day if it was sunny <laughs> remember we live in england so it's pretty crap weather a lot of the time um you know 
if if there was a reset button, if I could go back in time, God, I would have held on to the bike. <laughs> um, as time went on, I got I got a lot of time to think about coaching swimming. At this point, I, I was coaching quite a bit. You know, I was 16, um, you know, had a lot of experience of how to train. I'd passed my GCSEs. Um, I actually failed my GCSEs at school. Um, so it was kind of more of a, an incentive. This was the same year. I'd failed all, all of my GCSEs at school. Um, so I kind of only had swimming, <laughs> swim coaching to to focus on. Um, and even with, you know, even with the ability of just demonstrating with one arm, I could still conduct pretty good uh, swim sessions. So yeah, I got back from France and that's what that's all I focused my time and effort on was just coaching, 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 learning as much as I could from the head coach and then implementing it into my squad. Um, you know, September came round. I knew that swimming was always going to be a part of me, but I kind of wanted to wanted to have something as a backup plan, you know, if, you know, should swimming expire for me one day. Uh, so I enro- enrolled at the local um, technical college. Uh, I reset five of my GCSEs. I got an A in IT and Bs in Math, Science, English Lit and English Language. Um, because at school, I wasn't stimulated to learn. You know, all I wanted to do at school was swim. And that was my main stimulus. So, you know, you're only young once, so you can reset education further on down the line. Um, the other other part of that is that I didn't really know how to learn at school. It wasn't an environment that was suitable for me to kind of push myself in the academic capacity, whereas going to college, I kind of had to un- undo everything, be vulnerable. And so I learned how to learn. Um, plus, the, I had an intrinsic motivator as well <laughs> to want to learn as a prospect of having a dead-end job um, outside of swim coaching for the next 40 years was just not going to happen. You know, I refused to let that happen. <laughs> So, yeah, in 2006, I took over uh, Swim Squad after three years of swim teaching um, and, you know, running the swim school in the evenings. Uh, This was a perfect transition as I could get the same sense of achievement by watching my swimmers grow um, and progress through the competition calendar throughout the year. And, you know, successfully made a couple of good swimmers that went on later in in life to go on to nationals and, and national finalists as well. So... Um, and by that time, you know, I had gone to college, I'd reset my GCSEs, I'd done um, a couple of courses. One was an advanced apprenticeship in sports and excellence through uh, British Swimming. The other one was a BTEC National Diploma in Photography, which I um, later found out that I was severely colorblind by the end of it. So yeah, it turns out photography was a no-go and uh, sports was a yay. So yeah, I'm 19 it's now 2009, and I've just been accepted into Bath University. Thanks for listening to Funnel Radio, and yeah, tune in for our next episode. Want to find out more on how I improve the traffic for the businesses I've worked with? Then click on the link below, register your email address and order Traffic Secrets by Russell Brunson. This book was a game changer for my online business. Shipping is just $9.95 and as a bonus for listening to my podcast, I'll send you a 12-page ebook 
on 10 powerful ways to drive traffic to your website. You can get this immediately today, right now. Uh, simply click on the link in the description to get traffic secrets and your free PDF today.